Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Fridays with Keenan's Cutting Edge, where we discuss all things edge. My name is Jenna Labore, and I will be your host as we explore the dynamic world of Don Keenan's trial philosophy, the cutting edge. Those of you joining us live this afternoon are receiving early bird access to this episode. You have the opportunity to ask questions and interact with our speaker. If you have a question, please type it into the comments section and we will be sure to address it. If you can, if you happen to be unable to join us live, episodes are released each week following the live broadcast. So be sure to hit that subscribe button and click the alerts icon to make sure you don't miss an episode. I understand that last week we had a bit of a technical glitch. So for those of you who don't know, I own my own law firm with a friend of mine, Young Ji Hong. Check out the episode I did with her on finding your voice. But since I am a real practicing lawyer, in addition to doing these podcasts, sometimes my day job conflicts. The last week was one of those times. And normally you would not have any idea because of how awesome my tech team is, but our speaker didn't show up. So while the show may go on without the host being live, it cannot go on without the speaker. And that's what happened. So we're still new, we're still learning, and we appreciate you bearing with us as we work out these kinks. So I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I sure did. In fact, I'm still at my parents' house. You can see my background's a little bit different today. Um, and in fact, I think we had some overview from my dad watching the podcast. So this is just so exciting and really super live today. <laughs> so I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. And today we have David Markarian, who is with us to share about something he developed that is a personal injury lawyer dream and an insurance is night a tool that objectively measures soft tissue complaints. Now, myovision has been around for quite some time, but I know I haven't heard a whole lot about it, and maybe you haven't either. David is from my own home state of Washington and is currently in Las Vegas. We will put a link to his website as well as his contact information in the uh, below so that you guys are able to contact him with any questions after this episode. But don't forget, you can ask questions during the episode as well. Now, Papa Don utilized this groundbreaking technology in his own case against Hilton Hotels, and I am thrilled to learn more about it and see how I can use it in my own cases. So David, tell us about Myovision. No, you can't make me. No, just kidding. So first of all, um, welcome everyone. And Papa Don, I miss you. I enjoyed our time together so much. Um, you're such a great guy. I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate that. So I'm gonna do the little share screen thing and let's get started. So you're waving in the air. Okay. So what I'm talking about here, yes, my vision has been around for a long time. And, and the reason that you don't know about it is essentially insurers have done a phenomenal job marketing uh, that there is no validity to this. And that was erased in, in, in uh, Florida. It was major Supreme Court when I was uh, in the state of Florida, which I'll go over. But the concept here is, and it's been so difficult for people to understand, um, and is that there's time, it's time right now for a paradigm shift in evaluation of spinal health and specifically soft tissue injury. 
And what my, the Dynaram, MyoVision Dynaram does differently is uh, you'll see, and it, and it makes so much sense, but it's been confusing. So I, I actually, I'll go over my background a little bit. Um, so I uh, was uh, trained at NASA and just found out last year that my research study on muscle fatigue and pilots led to a redesign of the F-16 hand control. They never tell you this stuff, uh, but one of the uh, pilots told me himself that it was right after 89, they actually put motion in the F F-16 hand controller because of muscle fatigue was a serious problem. And uh, I, when I was 26, um, everyone laughed at me saying, yeah, right. You're going to win this, you know, until late night TV, you win this grant, blah, blah, blah. They, they give out two of them a year. Um, at the time I actually won, uh, when I was at NASA, I wrote a, uh, oh, I was at IBM's human factors, uh, visual performance lab at the time. And I wrote a, a grant proposal and the NIH, uh, funded it. It was actually $500,000. My part was 450 and that was to design and build this. Uh, and so that grant was a really big deal. I have patents and all this stuff. I lecture, lecture all over the place. I teach now the medical school, university of Buffalo med school has integrated this into every single case now. And you'll see why. Uh, and as an expert witness, I'm now uh, at 56 wins, zero losses, uh, meaning that it's whether it's settled or not, there's tons more. But they have all been in, in uh, favor of the um, plaintiff due to the fact the device is uh, totally objective and it, and it actually finally shows objective data, which leads to uh, a completely different outcome. And you'll see one of the cases uh, that was beyond ridiculous. This, this really made it a big deal in Washington. So when you're looking at range of motion, uh, you'll see the myovision is considered the gold standard in the range of motion uh, assessment book by the AMA. So that was a really big deal that they decided to do it. But it was 12 years of, of utilizing this where John Gerhardt, the author of this realized, oh my God, this is so much more sensitive than range of motion. And, you, and the lawyers do not realize when they order MRIs and they order uh, they, all these tests and they do range of motion, that their hand and insurers are laughing. They're handing this data that proves there's nothing wrong with the patient. And the reason with range of motion is that uh, you'll take as an example, a yoga instructor. Is the range of motion going to be really excessive to begin? So she's in a rear end motor vehicle collision and she's able to, uh, you know, she touched her toes before. Now she can touch, almost touch her toes. So range of motion, about 60% of the cases is normal when it's actually not. Uh, and what we did was we, and I patented this, I added muscle guarding to it. So we use though for, for if you want to use range of motion on your own, if you're stuck, you know, if you're in the old paradigm, we do have a very cool range of motion device. Um, these are some videos, but you can go to dynarum.com or myovision.com, both of those, and you'll see this, uh, the information on it. So, and you can download the case in Florida, where I beat all the insurance companies. Um, the key is mobility. So when you go back here, why is my mouse doing this? So um, it's just taken off and it's all, okay. So what's the, um, 
But with the latest mobility is is the key, right? I mean, if, if you could do a functional measure, you'd be way better off than, you know, laying down, doing an MRI, CT. And, and the med school was just blown away by this. They're going, why can't we see this in, in the, our normal test? Well, they're all endpoint values. They're all laying down. They're all static. And what I do is a motion test. So, the, and the latest research is showing you that MRI doesn't have sensitivity to back pain. And so they're basing surgeries on it, but the study showed that it really doesn't work that well. And so it, it shows normal so often where the Dynaram is abnormal. And I'll show you a case study where I have an actual, one of the cases we did. So the basic physiological principle, you think about it, it's so, it's so ridiculously simple. And it's so funny how I explain to people, lawyers that are not sure about it, most of them get it right away, but um, the doctors don't, but the, the lawyers get it right, right away. But the Walmart reader, the jury, they always understand it. It's called tabula rasa. They have no preconceived notions. So they look at it and the lawyers are always, the lawyer in this case I'm gonna show you was blown away by it. When he saw the jury respond, um, he had actually called an attorney uh, who is uh, his close friend, two of them. And I was uh, I was there, he, they didn't realize who the speakerphone. And he said, the attorneys, two of them said the exact same thing. Uh, he said, should I use Markarian in this case? And they said, it's like taking a tank to a knife fight. And the reason is not me, it's it's the tool. And, uh, you know, you go up against the way it's always worked, the experts, opinion. I am a UCLA professor and I go, I'm just nobody. I, I focus on data. So I actually ended up on Law and Order, You the Jury, the TV show. I don't know if it's going to air or not, but uh, muscle guarding. Remember, when you does, does it hurt to stand there or when you go to pick something up, when you bend, that's where you see most people blow discs. That's where people uh, end up with soft tissue injury is in motion as a result of a car accident. But it really comes out and you can elicit it because muscle guarding. Remember this. This is this is my quote of the for the universe. Muscle guarding is the body's natural defense mechanism to pain and spinal dysfunction in motion. Tenor arm is functional. MRI, CT, and ROM are not functional measures. Pain uh, is pain is elicited by laying down. Is it listed by laying down or or during bending? We know already. So the secret to the sensitivity of the Dynaram is that we're actually measuring as the patient moves. Oh, there's a video behind there. You can't see it. Um, we measure as the patient moves, and you can see that there's muscle activity fires, even though they can bend fine. And that's why it's it's so good. So, um, and one of the uh, phenomena that has been, when I, when I did grand rounds at NYU Lango Medical Center, all the electrophysiologists, uh, all the, the physiatrists, all the medical doctors, there were 250, um, I'll make, yeah, whatever. Anyways, they just were like, wait a minute, how do we not learn this? in school why is this not taught and again the insurers focus on make you focus on other things the classes do but this has been around since the beginning of time it was established in 1958 uh, and it uh there's been so many research at least 50 research studies on it what it does when you go to bend in deflection muscles what happens is as you're in flexion you go past around 35, 40 degrees when you're in flexion. And I'll show Papa Don's test. Um, muscles go into relaxation. And what happens is that in a normal individual, uh, the, the ligaments and connective tissue take over at about 40 degrees. 
and you're hanging off those ligaments. The muscles don't get involved. And as you know, ligaments yell to muscles for help when they need it. Hey, this hurts. Um, uh, or I'm not strong enough to do the job. Jump in, please help us. So the uh, this this flex vision. If you look at the right graph here, uh, what you're seeing, I can explain the test here. Uh, the bottom of the graph. What I did was, and this has been huge. Also, um, I'm graphing range of motion, so we can see ratcheting, etc., in range of motion. This is a normal. You can see there's no ratcheting, but we can see the quality of motion, which is becoming a thing now uh, since I did this. You can still get the endpoint range of motion, so your traditional uh, side is is met, and you can see at the top we're seeing the person standing, bending forward. Uh, the left line is blue, the right line is red, and as they bend into flexion, muscles shut off. This, of course, over in the right here, uh, the uh, muscles fire to bring you back up to neutral, very naturally, normally. So, uh, this is normal. It's a class two diagnostic device patented. It says specifically in the patent for evaluating soft tissue injury, which I was shocked by, and that patent's uh I think three years ago, they, they patented it. So I did. Um, how's it work? We're just using EK. Well, it drives me crazy. Uh, one of the uh, defense experts uh, rebuttals to me was there's no way it uses EKG technology. I design EKGs. It's like it, it, it's exactly the same technology. It's just significantly more sensitive. Uh, when we're measuring the muscles of the body, the heart generates a lot of activity tremendous activity. So you're seeing muscles firing uh, in the millivolt range with the low back muscles or any of the rest of the muscles are tiny. And so we're looking at the microvolt range. So the myovision and dynamo are significantly more sensitive uh, than the EKG. It's a much difficult, more difficult device to make, but uh, it's the same technology. Now I do this in the courtroom where I'll actually have the patient. This is one of the, what I, I have a whole presentation I use in the courtroom, but I'll do this to show this is uh, the muscle activity and how sensitive it is. They make, she makes a fist and you can see the muscles fire. And this gets the, you know, the jury to completely understand this. Um, this isn't my, uh, if you saw my jury, I mean, my court presentation, you find it really works really, really well. And thank God they allowed that now. Now, the other question that, you know, you get these crazy uh, experts that are paid a fortune to say to essentially make up. I, it's really sad to me. I don't know how you can live with yourself as a really well-known expert and who uses your background, your CV as the, your major tool. And I go in with this and they go, oh, it's not needle EMG, so it's not real. Well, really, this was published in the uh, the journal of, no, this was in, uh, it wasn't Spine. It was a really famous journal. I can't remember the name right now. Um, but they did both. You can see the top graph and the bottom. They did them simultaneously and they concluded that all functional phases, everything in needle was also shown in surface. But as you know, needle EMG hurts like crazy and you can't really do it in motion because the reproducibility is terrible. It's like 0.2 versus 0.96 or 0.98 with the uh, service EMG. So the bottom graph, you can see normals. This was the normals in the study. This is the abnormals. They both had the same thing in needle and service EMG. So uh, the, that, that thing that everyone will tell you, oh, service EMG is junk science. 
total nonsense. There's over 13,000 studies now published, 12,500 or something like that. Um, now, John Gerhardt explained why he put it in the book. I now recognize this dynorama as being more sensitive to actual injury by assessing patient effort and documenting muscle guarding. So again, that's the key and that's what makes it so much better. And again, this is the graph, just so we already covered this. The range of motion, we're doing three measures in a row with two warm-ups. And then the, again, the left side up on the top graph is your left lumbar, the right and the, and the red line is the right lumbar. Now this can be done on the cervical spine. It can be done anywhere, actually. We, we, you'll see it can be used on anything. So, and the range of motion is the bottom graph down here. So very simple to uh, understand. So um, what you see here is as the patient moves, there's a video behind here, I think. Whoops. Anyways, as the, this, as the patient moves, I did, I did this just in case the internet connection was bad, but you can see as the patient moves, we're doing range of motion. So this takes no longer than doing a range of motion test. It's just got electrodes attached. You can see the EKG electrodes are attached here and they're doing range of motion measures simultaneously with muscle activity. And so this is a very simple test and you're already trained in it. And it's funny how people go, oh, it should take so much longer. Really? You're going through all the range of motion exactly the way you would do it. And you just have electrodes attached riding along. So it actually takes the same time as range of motion. The only additional thing is the uh, one minute that I've been timed on video with three minutes, 50 seconds doing a full test, I believe, or maybe it was six minutes, 50. I don't remember. I'm bad at details. Um, when I'm not in court uh, and all the ranges of motion are done, uh, we end up as you can see, we end up with these graphs. We put the norm. This is what we use in court, by the way. The ideal on the left side in our our model, obviously, was normal. And you can see her normal tests on the right. So and, and that showing the ideal, I break it into one of those segments. I don't show all three because it's confusing. One next to one. I chop this so it's only one piece shown compared to a normal. And this is what. Um, and the reason, that, again, the, the, the University of Buffalo put this in and made me a, a, a clinical instructor was they were using it, seeing the, how great it was. They could not understand how it works. So they had me now. I teach all the students have to go through my class in the radiology department. So uh, we published now 17 NIH case studies. And again, they always, they use the Dynarama on every case study. And uh, so here's the patent, blah, 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 soft tissue injury diagnostic. This can be valuable when you're in the courtroom establishing not only admissibility, but the validity of the tool. The, the getting a patent was nine years. So um, again, class two. So this is the reason that you choose. Let me actually move this out of the way and you can see this. Um, hold on a second. Let me go right here. And um, on. let me just uh, get this out of the way. And so you can actually see this. I'm going to, um, yeah, bring this up and this out of the way. And you'll see the video in the background. So, um, all right, let me go back to from current slide and share again. Um, so we go back to share and uh, this. 
um, side. Okay, so what you see here, I'm going to show this video. And what you see here is that um, the patient. Okay, so here you can see we're doing regular range of motion here. We're graphing it. You can see they've been forward. Phenomenal range of motion. So what happened, the defense said, well, her range of motion is normal. End of story. No, we decided to do Dynaram where we attach electrodes. And when you see her bend into flexion, you see she has significant muscle guarding on the right side here, even though her range of motion was completely normal. And this led to a, uh, a settlement of uh, something like 240,000 from zero. I mean, they were offering zero. So um I did take this to court in Florida. And what happened was Florida, the state of Florida decided to challenge the validity. Why? Because they knew if we had a tool for soft tissue injury, that they would have to pay out on those cases. And attorneys love it because they get to know the value of the case up front. But the state of Florida said it's not approved. So they took it off the list of approved diagnostic devices. One of the, uh, somebody, a chiropractor actually filed a petition uh, and asked everyone in the country, uh, there's only like five experts on this, but uh, everyone in the country to testify. Nobody would testify except for myself. So it was me and one attorney uh, against the state of Florida. They were joined by all the insurance companies led by State Farm. I got a call prior to the case from my my firm saying state farms firm just bought us so i can't represent you you can they spent approximately 4.3 million on this uh but there's 75 attorneys in the room and you can imagine how uh intimidating that, to me, that would be but it was just fun for me i had a blast and their expert said in the car on the way to the airport we were raised a block away from each other which was funny he knew my brother he said i said how could you have presented the same studies with opposite conclusions considering the judge was a scientist by training and they uh they lj so he said they pay me a lot of money but this kind of destroyed his uh now this was one which everybody the the in the state of washington this one on their their this email went out to everybody and since this state farm in washington state's been settling cases uh they just settled a case now they don't want to go into court again because of this loss so the the attorney for this case for the plaintiff said that and by the way i've used this to show lack of injury so uh state farm uh, won a case because of my data showing that this guy was uh was faking his injury just to because he was addicted to drugs to opiates but um uh, and the device is, in, is not effect, affected by opiates at all. But what happened here, the, the, um, um, the, dev, the attorney for the plaintiff told me 70 grand, 50 grand is what I'm guessing the jury's going to come back with. And this is a state with no punitive damages. So this is actual damages. And they came back, this would have been probably 4 million in California, came back with a $958,000 uh, jury award, which was not um, challenged. And the offer was not 20K, it was 10K. That's 20K was uh, where where our side started. So there is a CPT code for billing it, just in case those 
in the PT world. That's what we're doing right now. The PTs are actually really getting into this. I, I was really shocked to see all the literature published by PTs saying range of motion is stupid without the muscle activity. And that's pretty much what I see. Now, here we have a great MBA where uh, their MRI is technically really normal. There's you know a couple little things in it, but nothing that can explain her pain. And I think it was a woman. I, I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, well, anyways, this was the Dynaram. So what you see, the important thing to remember here is that in flexion and full flexion, you can see a little guy here. This is what the jury sees minus the rest of this. The guy in full flexion, his range of motion is is limited is 30 degrees so supported with it though is the fact that when he's in full flexion these readings don't shut off so this demonstrates that this person's pain is real now this is a chronic i can tell the difference between chronic and uh and uh acute based on this this would go up here uh versus where it is but that's just not relevant uh it aids pain med docs too. And the reason is that, uh, you know, that when they pull people off opiates, everyone's always upset. You know, you, I hate you. You hate me for doing this. You're taking away my drugs. Well, what it does for the doc is it's like, well, let's use the objective data and, and the machine gets blamed instead. And, and they, they both, the, the patient will, will work with the doctor together. They actually brings them together. So, uh, and, and it gives the doc a reason to, um, to take them off opiates. It also demonstrates if they need to be on opiates it protects their license from the DEA because they've got objective data. So, um, you know, when we show this this way, uh, we're able to, to, you know, show there's a mechanical source of back pain and get manual therapies to treat it. That's, that's what this leads to in every case. We also do um, a motion test for uh, function for everything. This is a ballerina. And uh, you can see that uh, what she does is going to the right. Uh, if you look at this screen here, she is, this is her going to the right in this area right here. This is her going to the left. And going to the left, she overutilizes the muscles the right side, underutilizes the left, and the doctor, Dr. Uh, Grierson, who's in the background somewhere, uh, was like, the machine stays. Uh, he goes, I've been trying to figure this out forever. That was my intuition. Now he proved it. So the range of motion, though, is so much better than standard range of motion device because I designed it like the current uh, mechanical one. I designed it to sort of match it very ergonomic, but because it has feet, you can move them and measure things like fingers. You measure anything you want with it. Uh, Nellis Air Force Base is uh, doing a study of 60 drone pilots right now. I don't know if it's classified or not. Anyways, they're able to measure wrists and everything. They were shocked at how easy this was to do. Um, and the graphs are extremely easy to understand. We also show the graphs themselves. The byproduct of this, of using the tool, there's another byproduct, which is a big deal. Uh, one of the attorneys, uh, Benedetti, she, when I did this test, she's like, every test was normal. And the, they, these were some really good docs that were saying, hey, I just can't find anything. This guy is claiming he's in pain. And his test was the one here on the right. And you can see that he had great range of motion. Actually, his was higher, 70 something. This is a different test, but same, it looks the same. See how the muscles are firing like crazy? That's muscle guarding. This is a lack of flexion relaxation. I said, but what you 
she's like, you solved the problem. We're going to win this case. And I said, the better I want you to see something else. Uh, it's it's crucial to this because every one of these patients, every one of your clients feels like an imposter when they have this back pain because no one believes them. This guy, uh, when we when we went into that, I go, watch his response, watch his shoulders, watch what he does. And this happens in eight out of 10 cases. When I showed him this, he said he started. First of all, his shoulders dropped. He started crying and he said, can I show this to my wife? And so the trainer's is like, oh, wow, that's great, because, you know, it does reduce the stress on them as well. So uh, cardiologist, this is the analogy. One of the MDs I know made was that the cardiologist, you go into the uh, you go into the ER with chest pain, you immediately get an EKG. When you have spine pain, uh, you should be getting a Dynarom. So that's what this does. I also wanted to show you um, Papa Don's case. So can you see this? Yeah, the blue. So uh, in this case, um, let me see here. Let me go here. Um, um, oops. Let me get out of here and go back to the other one. Yeah, there we go. Let's take a second. And as this is like a five second thing, I'm going to show you how um, Papa Don's test turned out. Um, okay, so. So what I do is let me go back to share screen. I'm going to share this screen with you. So there we go. Um, now you should see it. So in performing a rotation, um, the left and right and a normal, this is what the, the jury sees, by the way, is the this presentation of ideal and patient name on the right. And an ideal, when you do a left rotation, one muscle should fire. Why would both fire? If you have, I did this on in uh, Law and Order, you the jury, I showed it with my hands. Um, when you do a, a left rotation, typically the left side fires, sometimes the right, that's a, a paradoxical, but it does happen. Uh, the one side fires, the other does not. Why would the opposite side fire? Well, it's job is muscle guarding. So to reduce the further pain. So when you're doing a left rotation, if both of them fire, if we if both of them fire, that is proof that they're in pain. And in addition, you can see how the readings are bouncing all over the place. So this bouncing is the fibrillation that you see in needle EMG and surface. And so that fibrillation establishes that it's acute. Um, and we were able to uh, utilize this. I did a presentation. And so we also, I use these graphics where I demonstrate what should happen. Muscles should relax inflection and then go into showing the ideal next to the patient. This was uh, the test that we did. And you can see that as muscles are in full fire, they're firing fully and also at a high amplitude throughout the whole motion. And there's a lot of jitter in the signal, which is uh, which is that um, fibrillation. So, and by the way, you need to know this, uh, every case I've ever seen, and one of them in, in Arizona, sadly, I said, put me on the witness list because I know they're going to pull something and you know you have to be prepared for it. Well, I have a 
document now, which you're all welcome to. And it literally is preparing for deposition. It has links to every single paper that I pull out and show. But uh, this they referenced this clinical utility paper. And in uh, one of the fry challenges in Washington, there were six, they dropped every one of them. They said, well, the clinical utility paper said there's no validity to it. I hammered on on this group, uh, the, uh, I can't remember their name, the American Academy of Electrodiagnostic Medicine. So they changed names. Um, and I've, I got this luckily, thank God, it was retired. This paper doesn't exist, but lawyers are getting it all the time and using it. And I pleaded with the attorney, please use this if we go to court. This one settled, uh, I think for 220, it was a $0 case, uh, all because of this. And the they use they always say the ACA uh, doesn't uh, has a, uh, a position paper. I wrote them one email and they pulled the position paper off. It says under review. So they're coming out with a positive. The other one is they reference old books. Croft does, you know, the Croft guidelines. Croft does um, he borrowed it. He's like, I want to see this for myself. He was saying there was no validity to it in his 2005 or four book, 2009, he published. So clearly we can see with the Dynaram now, we can see the difference between normal and abnormal next. So again, it's um, uh, again, these resources. But if you send me an email, I'll send you back this and it's really great because it's literally every single question. I went through all my depositions, every question that you're going to get and see. And it prepares both the expert, uh, your your the doctors and the attorneys for this. And attorneys, all I get feedback is they, that they love it. So uh, this is how you reach me. Um, so uh, Jenna Labour. Mm-hmm. but with the French name, but is actually English. So yeah. I need you to explain that to the court. Please explain to the jury <laughs> how it is you have what appears to be a French name, but it's actually English. Um, so do we have any questions? Um, I think I covered everything. Did I cover everything? I think you did. I'm going to go back and ask you a couple of questions just for clarification purposes, but we don't yet have anything from the audience, which not atypical. Sometimes people are just kind of absorbing what's going on. Other people, yeah. you know, it's the day after yeah. Thanksgiving. So who knows? They may watch it uh, after as a recorded episode and then send you an email, which I hope people do, because this is really interesting. This is really interesting technology, because rather than just saying range of motion from like a, a skeletal, really a skeletal point it measures what your muscles are doing and it measures well your clients muscles hopefully not hopefully not ours but maybe um you know and and measures the when they're firing incorrectly which is objective demonstration of muscle guarding which means there's something wrong right is that right yeah i use the temperature analogy um when they go well it doesn't tell you you know, if which muscle is uh, is injured or whatever, it's not muscle injury. Muscles compensate for these these problems in motion. So we're doing that. But what I use the temperature analogy in court is I say when a doctor and even though it's more accurate than this, but when an MD puts a thermometer in your mouth 
and it shows elevated temperature. Does it tell you where the infection is? No, it tells you there is effect an infection. So I say that the Dynarom correlates with soft tissue injury. I use, and it's in this book, this uh, this book that I wrote on this for the for the attorneys. It explains how to use language so you can never get in trouble. Correlates with. You know, those kind of not it proves, you know, it's uh, we most of these measures we use don't prove anything they correlate with. So uh, just like with temperature. Uh, but I also want to make really clear uh, you have a, you have another question, probably. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'm going to keep asking questions. But so keep when I first show when I first demonstrated this, um, uh, Don put a. Uh, Papa Don had me present it to a group. I do have now quite a few lawyers that um, uh, one in Arizona. I'm in a case. Actually, it's funny. There's five experts in that case, five medical experts on the defense side. And after my deposition, which the attorney, I don't blame him. You don't answer questions. You don't know the answer to. Right. Mm -hmm. But there were critical papers I needed to get in. in uh, used and admitted. So the way I did it cleverly was in deposition. I responded to questions by pulling up and reading the research papers. And those were, and the funniest thing was I was kind of wacko. It's in the, the way I, the way I do stuff is not normal. The, the typical expert stuff, whatever the attorney emailed me and said, you're either brilliant or stupid. I don't know which because I can't tell. And then all five experts, all five experts after reading my deposition quit. So he emailed me and he said, brilliant. And then he put you're in the you're a boxer in the ring by yourself. You have no one against you. So that, that case is going to trial uh, sometime in the next three months. So, but I don't want you to do though, because this is what happened the last time and I'm not going to do it. Um, people, uh, attorneys would pull out cases that are 10 years old. They're really old cases. Uh, their friends, their family. Uh, I actually told one of the attorneys, this has got to be a relative of yours. Clearly I can tell by, you know, the data tells me, you know, they think I'm son. they call me the magician at, at, uh, U at university of Buffalo med school. Cause I can tell people all kinds of things about their, what they do with their life, et cetera, from this data. And, uh, people were starting to send me, just really old, worthless cases trying to get the value up. Don't do it. You know, stick to cases that are, you know, current and that are within. I can still do it within two to three years, four years after after an MVA. I can still evaluate the data. No problem. But if you're talking about really old cases, you're bringing back to life or whatever. Don't do it. Also, be aware it is completely immune to opiates. So if the the case on we won by the way on uh law and order you the jury the our side won and the uh that guy was on full-blown fentanyl and this does not is not affected and the reason it's not affected so this is a very interesting phenomena what do opiates do and there's actually a published study showing they injecting a painful substance into the body and measuring the muscle activity response and it demonstrates that even when they're on opiates which is what they did in the study uh the pain response is still there why opiates affect you at the central nervous system at the cerebral level so it's the the sensation of pain it makes it so you don't feel it you ask all these people that are on opiates do you feel a pain absolutely you 
you care about it? No. So locally, the muscle guarding is still there. And so it's not like a flex rule. Now, those things will affect the results um, somewhat, but only for about three hours after they take a muscle relaxer. So, but all other drugs don't have any effect on it at all, which has been great. So. Okay. That's, that's, that's really, really good to know. So then how, um, I guess my question is what do we use this for aside from showing that there's objective muscle guarding? I mean, does the provider use it in diagnosis and treatment? Do we use it to advance getting our clients help for the pain that they have been experiencing, but nobody believes what do we use it for? Precisely that it's being used to track progress is being used. I actually have some slides up here showing um, in workers comp. They're more and more adopting this now in Washington state. They actually now always ask for this test and it's slowly working its way into that. And uh, what, what happened is what happens is that it helps you know, figure out who to go to. And and a brilliant doctor who's the head of fu- the functional medicine uh, at Cleveland Clinic Hospital said it best. He goes, we're going to do the Dynarama on every patient that comes in. And if they have a, a normal uh, response, we're going to send them to a psychologist or a neurologist to see if there's a nerve pain. And if there's, if, a, if they're, they have an abnormal test, they go to the chiropractor or PT for uh, biomechanical uh, traction and uh, mobility. So uh, treatments were based on that. So yes, it does help you pick out um, who to send to uh, the VA used it also to, um, to pick out who needed uh, ablations. So they do the way they do it now. I mean, this is so insane. It's 2021. They inject uh, uh, into the patient a uh, something to block the pain into the nerve and say, rate your pain before and after. And they rate it and they go, it's like 10. And it drops to four. So then they do an ablation. So we did uh, 10 patients at the VA with this versus the, the and the patient has a, a definite financial goal, uh, goal in mind. They get their disability goes up if they have an ablation. So uh, it turned out that and it matched the doc's uh, intuition, but it turned out that um, 10 out of 10 of the patients claimed their pain dropped significantly. On this device, it was actually 6 out of 10. So there were four people that were faking. So it shows you both injury and lack of injury. Uh, this one patient that was great, she's actually on the Dynaram site, Is it, it was used to show that she actually was better at nine months. So it tells the truth. And everybody, what really drives me nuts is, and you know this, that people have this image of PI attorneys being, you know, themselves uh, unscrupulous or whatever. There's all kinds of words used. And the truth is, I know like at least 400 PI attorneys and they all want the truth. They, there's nobody that's, I haven't run into one PI attorney that was in any way uh, unscrupulous and they all wanted to know the truth and it helped them focus and like in washington the attorneys there that use this they they, they go to court with it because they know that they're going to settle uh and state farm now it just had the highest uh settling out of court because their last case they actually tried it again we went to court and their expert uh 
I just ran circles around him when, when he was amazing, he was trained, he was absolutely fantastic, but he made false claims. The day after when I got to rebut him, I was up all night. The, uh, there were like 10 attorneys there. I'm like, what are these guys doing here? And, uh, they, said they're there to watch the crucifixion of uh, i'm not going to use the name of the of the uh, expert but they never used the expert again but the crucial thing here was this was after the 900 something thousand dollar case they could not find a single medical doctor to uh to actually testify on behalf of the defendant state farm uh it was a chiropractor and he, he did a great job but I ripped into him so bad. I went through 12 of his complete 100 percent on the say lies, not untruths, lies. And uh, we won that. Um, but it, it would have been a lot higher if the plaintiff wasn't. So um, they did some stuff that I thought was really inappropriate. It said, we're, you know, we're religious, so therefore you should pay us more money. And uh, <laughs> not a good idea. It might work in some venues. You never know, but somewhere it will not. <laughs> maybe, but not there. It just was, yeah. you know, it was, uh, I texted the attorney when I heard that on the way out the door, I said, your client just lost the case for you. So, mm -hmm. but they didn't, we actually did uh, settle it, but safe farm, the next case they had settled for the highest record amount in a soft tissue case in Washington state, because they did not want to go through the embarrassment of having the same thing happen again. So, mm -hmm. um, um, that's about it all. Uh, and so, yeah, you, you can take, um, with your, uh, attorneys have been fun. They, they, the, a group here, the biggest law firm here in, uh, in Nevada, they had me test one of the guys who could barely walk. Oh, he's in so much pain. He was an attorney and he could, he was really hurting. And I did the test on him and it was completely normal. And I, I just go, sorry, you're, 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 uh, you made this up and he goes, okay, we'll be using it because he was completely fine. Oh, okay. And he, he was testing you essentially. And Yes, he, uh, he, one guy went further. He hired someone from the Actors Guild that was like 300 pounds, couldn't tie his shoes and did the same thing. Brought him in and the, there were two people we tested. One was actually the real patient and one was this guy who was, and I, and I was sweating bullets because he looked like he was in so much pain and he was just an actor. And I said, look, he's normal. She has got a completely, and she looked completely normal because the range of motion was so good. And she was in such great shape, which is one of the things that happens. you got a patient. This is where it can be really patients in great shape. Looks really great. Uh, this is amazing how it can help that you can see the woman that's on the dynaram site that you know she would be she was perceived by everybody as being normal uh because she looked normal and she had a very high pain tolerance is there so any it helps with all all of these soft tissue cases so so i think one of the biggest challenges we have as plaintiff's lawyers as i know you understand is how to explain to a jury these in, invisible injuries right it's not a missing limb it's not a scar it's not a broken arm in a sling and you know a lot of that translates into brain injury right there's somebody yep. certainly can have severe brain damage where there's somebody can no longer speak or feed themselves that kind of thing but then there's also the level of i am not myself anymore is there any way that this technology could eventually move to measuring that kind of invisible that's injury that's what we do. It's called, I mean, essentially 
some of the people have said this is demonstrating or selling the invisible. I mean, this presents the invisible and deny that case with the 900 something thousand. That was a, a person who we extrapolated out how this is going to affect his life. He could only work like maybe 10 hours a week. And that's why the amount was so high. And uh, and so, yes, it can be used and it does correlate with brain injury as well. You know, we, we have actually one of the cases we're very lucky. Um, I had done a test to show a lawyer how it worked on someone and she was completely normal. And it was like three months later, she was in a rear end MBA and, you know, we had the pretest, which was wow. normal. And then we had the post, which showed her completely, you know, in, in pain. Uh, we also, uh, some of the insurers, we have multiple, you know, you have these cases where people get three and three accidents in four months, mm-hmm. they get yep. not accidents, collisions, mm-hmm. uh, Abadan got it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, they apportioned the, uh, the payment based on the, this test, because you could see the result of the type of impact, the side impact has a different result muscularly than a rear end. And so you can see, and I've also had a husband and wife hit and their tests overlay perfectly because they're affected the same and it's by the seatbelt. They get Mm -hmm. twisted and they were affected the same way. I even said they had their heads turned to the left and that was in the notes. They had done that. You could see it that it's that, that accurate. So, but yes, it does correlate with brain injury. It does show quality of life. And that's one of the things that I brought up independent. And I, in this, in Don's case, I actually said one of the problems he'd have, I'm not going to tell you, but uh, one of the problems he'd have, it wasn't what you're thinking, but, um, and it was exactly what he had put in his notes. Now, one of the secrets to what I do with this, now we have the service where the doctor or someone, whoever, a PT does the test. And if they're not comfortable interpreting it, just right click, send it HIPAA compliant. We do the interpretation with the doctor, an MD or a DC. My name goes on it as well and send the report back. And it's it's a great quality control. Like we'll tell them, guess what? You did the test wrong. Redo it. Or it, it's it's powerful because all the insurers know me. You guys don't know me, but the insurers all know me. So it's they know they don't want to really go up against me. But that's been a real that's changed things dramatically the last uh, year. We get like uh, we got like 30 tests last week to do, you know, so people it makes it easier to, to present because I, I get put on the. Uh, the witness list. So it helps. But this document, like I said, the uh, the attorney's guide to uh, preparing for deposition or something like that is really great. So email me, I'll send it back to you. I don't think it's on my website for some reason. Oh, well, yeah, we uh, there's a reason it's not on the website and it, it should be soon, but it's not there right now. So I can just send it to you. All right. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, And we'll definitely put your contact info so people can reach out as well. So how uh, is this available in all states? Um, And how do we find somebody who has this in their office? If we want one of our clients to, you know, say we're in Alabama, say we're in New York, what do we do? Yeah. So what you do is if you go to uh, myovision.com under Dynaram or Dynaram.com, you can actually say schedule an exam and it will find the nearest. It'll show you the nearest guy, uh, nearest person, not guy, but nearest uh, PTMD, uh, DC, whatever, who has a system. And they are all over the U.S., but there's this year 
in December, it's really funny. In December of last year, we had record sales of Dynaram systems, and 100% of those sales were attorney. I did a lot of lectures to attorneys. Were attorneys telling doctors you need to have this, and that's it. So they they you know totally they want to work with attorneys. So this gives them that opportunity, and it uh, it it drives them you know, the patient to the proper treatment too. instead of drugs, you know, when you see a muscular problem, it drives to them to a PT or a chiropractor for, um, you know, working on uh, mobile mobility, et cetera. And you can see over time, the changes that occur and they correlate completely with their uh, subjective objective reports that they do too. So, um, yeah, so that's how you find them. We will find there are more people that have them than, than uh, show up in there. We have a doctor locator, but it's not as accurate as if you try to schedule exam. We'll actually find someone because somehow uh, they moved around a lot and their addresses are not right. But there is a doctor locator and uh, you can do that first. And some of them are accurate. Uh, some of them are not. So that's why sending a scheduling exam will find the right person. Okay. All right. Um, so when should we use these in our cases? Like what are some good markers that you've noticed signify to get this done? And is it costly? Yeah. So um, what I recommend that you do is do it every single day um from the time someone's born no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> then you've got a really good set of data right that'd yeah, be awesome yes and, and i end up with a new uh, new yacht uh, <laughs> no um what i recommend so there's a there is an argument that the defense makes that um they don't it's really rare that anyone even knows this but in, with needle emgs they always wait four to six weeks after a MBC because the muscles naturally go crazy after an MBC. So the needle EMG will appear so crazy abnormal. You kind of want to wait for it to settle down. So that is a mark, even though I recommend you do the test immediately because you want that data. So I, I look at it like do it immediately, do it again at six weeks. And then um, some people, there's two schools of thought. Uh, some do it every, we have a guide on this. Some people do it every six weeks to see if the patients uh, really improved a lot, if their treatment's working well. The majority do it three times. They do it at the beginning, uh, they do it in the middle or at that six week period. Most of the time that they see people, they're way beyond, uh, you know, the, the, they're beyond six weeks, beyond four weeks from the accident, the collision. So, um, the uh, it usually is one like six weeks after and then one that uh, follows is, uh, you know, it, and you can determine whether or not they need further treatment or re refer to somebody else if you're not being effective. Mm -hmm. So we you know, a lot of these a lot of the people have a lot of the docs have bought this to either show this to attorneys or to patients what's going on with their bodies. And the feedback we've gotten is it's made them better doctors mm. in, in the chiropractic arena. They, uh, they were doing some crazy upper cervical technique that wasn't really affecting the body and they changed to manual adjusting and it helped in the PT world. Uh, they would get more aggressive with the mobility uh, their therapy they're doing. And uh, so it's had that kind of effect where the doctors tell me 
has made me a much better doctor because that feedback tells me, because, you know, everybody, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. And if they have this belief system, like, you know, especially in chiropractic, there's so many that believe just just the upper, you know, the, the upper neck only. And it is wonderful for some people, but it's not. The key is that when I was at NASA, we always said the individual differences are the norm. Mm-hmm. So that's the key is everyone. Everyone is different. This helps to establish what their norm is, helps to establish, you know, what to do with them. And there is never the same treatment for all patients. And most people do this exact same thing on everybody. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that in the PT world, um, they're, you know, there are a lot of them are doctors. They don't realize uh, or they haven't realized in the past that they don't need a referral from a, an MD. And so this what this has done for the PTs, and I could show you all this literature published by them. It's really been surprising. But what it does is that if you can show objective data, um, you know, they're given 12 visits. It's typically 12 visits. Boom, you're done. Well, if you show objective data, the insurer and they they in Hawaii, they require range of motion. And I'll bring up New York. New York's the only exception to this case. But um, when they do this and you still show injury, you can get another 12 visits. So mm-hmm. you can establish that and show the insurer whether you get paid for this or not, which you do when and payments been going up. It's like people are billing. 500 to test, they're paying 120 for our interpretation and still, you know, doing really well. And they have the power of, of having an interpretation done and reviewed by an expert on it. But um, New York is the only state where there, nothing can be done. They literally have eliminated everything, but I think one evaluation um, for the personal injury arena. Uh, but every other state in the U.S., um, we've uh, used it in most states. We've established admissibility. The Florida case, the the jury, I mean, the, the judge's decision, which is normally five pages long, was 47 pages. And reading that, it gives you the, all the arguments you need. But that decision's used to establish admissibility if that's an issue. It has not been in at least 10 years now, it has not been admissibility has not been an issue at all. So the device is well accepted because of all the studies published. And so is the test paid for either through. So let's say in the personal injury context, it might be personal injury protection. It might be health insurance and and also in the non-personal injury just for patients. Is this something that can be billed to insurance uh, or is it more forensic? No, it's actually billed for insurance and it's used both ways. I see it about I see uh, the regular insurance paying for it, you know, about. Uh, 20, 25% of the time I see attorneys paying for it up front for the first exam, just because they want to get the data. I see, um, uh, you know, the, the, the doctor waiting of course for the whole bill to be paid at the end, but this big, huge change has occurred. And I've got video of people telling, you know, it's saying this is that uh, one of the guys was in practice for 30 years and he said, after getting this, this is the first time and it helps you as an attorney. It helps the doctor. It helps the patient. First time he had and I got so many to say this first time he had um, got a full full payment on his bill. 
did not have to cut bills. And that's a absolute, there's so many byproducts, psychological for the patient, the financial side of it, um, but they they uh, have a tendency to, and uh, one of the ones in Massachusetts now has 30 or 40, maybe more cases they paid in full. And so he's never, and you know, that's that happens in, he said that was happening in 100% of the cases. They were asked to cut their bills. And uh, now that he never happened after since then, he, this has never happened. So, wow. well, there's the, the reason is every approach the experts have tried to discredit this has failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, the, uh, this is a real problem. The uh, Journal of Occupational Environmental Medicine published a uh, in their book on injury, uh, they published that this was not an approved tool. And I used that in this deposition uh, in Arizona, uh, where I, I actually, the key to all this is I go to the reference section, also critical. I do not, when I do these tests, I do not, I tell the patient, I did this with Don, you can ask them, don't tell me a word. I don't want to know what happened. I loved at NASA. We were trained double blind, double blind, double blind. So I create this double blind, which makes it so much more powerful in front of the jury because I didn't know anything about the patient. I had no clue until maybe after the case is over, I'll find out. But I didn't know with Don what was wrong with him. Not a clue. And uh, he he was, you know, they always want to start telling you and and uh, uh, they, they don't. But this is um, so that part is really a big deal. Getting payment in full is a big deal. Um, and uh, we have both the forensic side and seeing both the types of insurers paying for it. It's been going up and up, they will play a game where they'll take, they almost do this where they get a list. They will deny payment for this the first time you do it, just to see if you're going to fight back. You're going to fight it. Yep. <laughs> I have every denial response on my website. You have to be, uh, you have to join to see them. You have to log, get get a login so we can know who's doing it. But every response is already pre-written and they've been the same for 10 years. That 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 uh, journal from uh, that that uh, uh, that paper that they referenced that's that's been um, uh, retired. They use that every time. It's the funniest mm-hmm. thing in the world. Or they use biofeedback. It, none of it makes any sense. And and they the last case uh, no two three cases ago they did hire uh, the I'd say the world's leading expert on this. He's published at least ninety papers, mm-hmm. and his first sentence in his uh, declaration, I, I responded with a research paper he wrote saying the opposite of what he said. And that was it. They settled it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so going up against that guy, you know, I mean, he's like one of the most famous authors in, you know, in the science world, uh, but he doesn't realize that he's published papers that say this the definitive, definitively shows injury. So um, I love that, I, but I really wanted to go up against him in jury trial. But mm-hmm. they that's like, too bad. <laughs> no, it would be like it's like going, it's like you know, boxing uh, Mike Tyson or something and winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we we kind of got to wrap up, but I have one more question because I want to make sure we're getting. Um, you know, since today is a holiday, 
sort of uh, episode. I want to make sure I'm addressing everything that people might be thinking about. So finally, um, as far as testimony, does the provider who does the test testify about it? Or do you, as the creator of the technology, have to testify in each case? I don't have to testify, but I do testify. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I have it in my uh, in my fee schedule that I, I have the right to not charge for it. And in the 900 something thousand dollar case, the way that I dealt with the, the, the defense attorney just jumped all over that and said, how is it you're not charging for this? So I didn't charge a penny. And I said that the because they use the interpretation service, one of the things I do is I guarantee that if this has to go to trial, I will testify as part of the cost of that service. And so um, that's how that worked. And it, it was, it was like, that's been the attorneys going, how are we gonna, you gotta charge. I've had a lot of attorneys pay me afterwards just because they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an email from Mike Maxwell saying, Oh, you know, Mike, <laughs> you know, Mike, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he was great. He sent me an email because this patient literally had no experts on her side. And none. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that did anything. She was the worst, so non-compliant. And again, this helps with compliance as well, because, you know, they want to like uh, change the results. But she was not compliant, didn't go to anybody. And he wrote me, he's like, you know, you you just killed it. And our two hundred thousand dollar, you know, uh, jury award would have been zero you know, because she had no one. And mm-hmm. so from what I know, and mm-hmm. uh, so Mike goes, eh, I'm going to send you money anyway. So uh, <laughs> that was sweet of him. Yeah. He's just the greatest guy. You know him, huh? Really yeah. Oh yeah. We, we talk with him quite a bit and anybody in the Washington area who has questions, we've been talking to him quite a bit on, um, medical malpractice lately, but he also spoke, he was the co-chair with my partner, Young G on the brain injury seminar that we did out here. So my, and he, he's an uh, edge person as well. Um, been to many of the, the colleges. So anybody know that that's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, he, he is, he's the most fun to work with because he's so adaptable as, as you know, like it's fun going to, he's completely disorganized, but like <laughs> He uh, the way I met him was this is interesting to show how brilliant he is. He uh, they did have a deposition where the guy who was the expert was a chiropractor and he was clueless about this. And I said to him, you need to have me do this. You don't. He goes, I understand the whole thing. Well, he didn't understand it at all. He was making mistakes. I took out the brochure. I wasn't allowed to talk. And I showed Mike the key points. I underlined the key points. Mike instantly understood this. Mm -hmm. And asked the question. So the guy had no choice, but the answer with what we needed. And uh, that changed everything. Mike was, that was how we met. And, um, and I go, how did you do that? He goes, I'm a genius. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's, he's good. And he, he learned from Don, just like the rest of us. And, you know, we all owe so much to Papa Don just for the, the way to think, honestly, law school teaches you to think in one way. And then um, Don Keenan helps to fix that by using a I lot need, of. Stuff. Yeah. I need to go through his course myself. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and I was, I was so impressed with him. You know, I actually, when, when he had his injury, I said, I want to fly down and do the test myself. Hmm. So, and you know, it's not easy to get to where he lives in Florida. I know. <laughs> they don't even have taxi services out there. It was yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like happy town. I didn't know that it was the, the town they filmed uh, the Truman show 
but I'm like, what is going on? Like happy bank, happy everything. It was just you know so unusual. It's a microcosm there. Uh, but I wanted to do the test myself. And the, the you know, it's truly amazing. It's like people may have an image of Don, you know, because of his success being pretentious or whatever. My God, he was the most down to earth person I think I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And he actually, with my test results, he actually teared up when he saw him as well, you know, because it was, you know, it really was like, wow, finally something that's, that's, that will help. And what I did for him, by the way, and I can do this for any attorney. Um, I prepared a recorded video uh, demonstration of their case. And the mediator looked at the video. It was about 15 minutes long and wrote through the, he couldn't write me directly, but he wrote through the, the attorney who's part of your group. Um, it's so great to see plaintiffs finally having objective data because it made it very easy for me. It's crucial. It's so hard to say I have pain and have somebody really, because guess what? Like you said, your testing can show when it's not real pain. And it's not like people go around making things up. It's just that sometimes when I shouldn't say not real pain either, but you know, it's like sometimes it might be coming from something else. So All right. Now that's that's another thing we do is we tease out the cycle out. We've got so many side cases. Mike had one that was so great, completely normal. These two twins that were completely she was completely normal. And it was like he went to the brain injury area. But the reality is she's like, oh, my God, for her sake, she's like, oh, my God, I'm trying to meet Mike's uh, requirements for me to to be an injured patient. When I actually feel fine and I didn't know it's like, you know, I didn't, I was hurting in the beginning, but I'm not now. So it's been a reality check for the patient as well. So mm-hmm. it does provide that. And that's been extremely cool. Um, and now the the other part was this woman that I tested that she was completely abnormal. Uh, uh, in the beginning at nine months, she was completely normal. The doctor was, was afraid of her. So I actually talked to her directly and I sat down with her and I showed her the test results. And she was just like, a, for being this tiny little creature, she was such a beast. And mm-hmm. man, she would just like scream at him. I want treatment. And uh, I showed her the test next to normal. She was completely normal. I said, so what's really going on? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't want to go back to work. I mean, that reality check stuff is very valuable. And mm-hmm. and uh, I told the doctor that I said, you're going to see three months from now, she's going to call you saying, thank you for that test because I got a new job. And she, it was almost three months to the day that she called. Wow. She's like, I changed jobs. And because uh, are people happy sitting around at home doing nothing, looking injured? No. You know, wondering if there's a guy in a van videotaping them playing something, you know, so this is, this is a valuable for, for that as well, getting them, you know, to realize they're fine now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen very often though. It's usually pretty permanent, the stuff that I see. So anyways, okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us, David. And let's see. Um, So, and thanks all of you guys for who joined us this week. I know that we may uh, be seeing a lot of people watching this after the recording. Uh, Please email David, email us if you need additional information. Um, But if you like today's episode, please click that thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe and sign up for alerts so you don't 
miss the next one. The podcast is about delivering what you want to hear. So don't be shy about sharing topic ideas with us. As Papa Don always says, if you want to know more about it, chances are someone else does too. Next week, we'll be hearing from a very special guest, my mom, Lil Labor. Lil has been an occupational therapist for several decades and developed a specialty in vestibular therapy. Those of you with clients who have been in car crashes, slip or trip and falls, or who have brain injuries, you're not going to want to miss this one. I'll share more next week about why Papa Don insisted that my mom speak with you all on this topic, but it's going to be super informative and super helpful to your practice. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you next time. Thank you.